Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the morning sports briefing here on the 30th of April. Uh, welcome to New Zealand Sports Radio. Uh, where you get the best start today with all the important sports news. And today we have a FIFA Medical Officer Wants No More Football um, awards, awards and more awards. Welsh players suspected of having COVID-19 and Warriors await crucial decision. And that is where we start today. We're going to go straight over to the league news with Stephen from the far north. How are you doing, sir? Oh, thank you very much, Paul. And uh, good morning, everybody. I feel special today. But league news at the top of the show. And uh, we start <clears throat> pretty much with the Warriors, who are waiting on uh, vital information about player remuneration before they can confirm their participation in a rebooted competition start. Behind the scenes, the club is preparing for departure this Sunday and given the limited flight options out of Auckland this weekend. And that's after the NRL confirmed that the comp would start in four weeks. But it's believed the NRL has yet to communicate with the Warriors or in fact any of the other 15 clubs on ideas in and around salary levels for players in a compressed competition. Now on top of all of this, in less than five days, the squad is expected to hop on a plane and uh, pretty much wave goodbye to their families for a stay across the Tasman that could extend to five or six months. It's a staggering commitment that the players have had, uh, adhered to, but universally it's one that they have uh, told management they are prepared to follow through with. However, it's impossible to take the final decision without knowing how much they will be paid. Just remembering the salaries were frozen when the season was suspended. Now, it's turning about to be a really huge week for the NRL, just to recap that the 20-week season has been announced with the grand final to be played on the 25th of October. And meanwhile, four players have been uh, caught breaching uh, basically uh, COVID-19 uh, protocol. So uh, basically what's pretty much go going to happen is players to undergo biosecurity training. NRL clubs will undergo an education day to ensure they and their players are fully aware of biosecurity merit measures. If players fall foul of those rules, ARL chair 
Peter Valandes has vowed to come tough much harder. Valandes told the Sydney Morning Herald on the very first day they will be educated as to what is expected of them. That's so we can be fair to the players. There will be an education day about what is expected from them. Once they have had that education day, we will certainly be much harder in and around protocols. They have no excuse. They will be aware and they will be told in no uncertain terms. Just days before the NRL plans to resume training, though, Premier Queen, uh, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk says the state's three clubs may have to wait until next week to learn if they have to relocate to New South Wales. Club are due back training on the 5th of May rather than the 4th of May, as was originally planned, according to the Australian's Brent Reid. So the league took a major step towards the May 28th by agreeing to that 20-round resumption. But obviously, a few things just playing out in the background there, Paul, especially from uh, the Queensland uh, Premier. Back to you. Thank you very much, Stephen. And we'll move on to our football news. The Michael Dehugi, um, who is the FIFA's chief um, doctor, has warned against restarting football. Um, uh, he thinks that uh, it would be good to cancel this season uh, and prepare for the start and have a good commencement to next season instead. Um, he says there's a risk, and it's a, not a risk that has small consequences. It can have consequences of life and death. Um, that is why I'm so careful. I ask everyone to be very careful before deciding to play again. He does point out that he is the medical officer, uh, and so hence he doesn't have to worry about sort of financials and all those other pieces um, that will obviously be being considered as well. But he does ask, um, how, how will you um, avoid direct contact? That's his question, uh, because social distancing laws are still, or social distancing rules are still in place in many of these countries um, and will be still in place when this football kicks off. So, uh, yeah, he does have a very good point there. Um, he would like to wait until there is a vaccination program. Um, but I don't think, let's be honest, I don't think uh, many leagues will be able to do that financially. Uh, unfortunately, and other concerns I think will take place, uh, uh, will take precedent over this. Um, he does make another final point that, uh, for instance, um, to um, to avoid speeding, why, why do we have to see that in football and not in other sports? Good question. Why is football bringing in this law rule when we don't haven't, haven't heard any other sports bringing in this rule? Moving to local news, uh, James uh, Batterman's um, ban from coaching has been heavily reduced. Uh, there was an incident uh, in a uh, Auckland club competition um, in August of 2019. Uh, the Western Springs assistant coach was banned for six months for um, violent conduct assault of a match um, official. Um, and they say he was, and that was imposed last September. Uh, he's appealed the decision uh, and has instead been charged with behaving in an irresponsible manner and using insulting and abusive language towards a match official, um, which has a four-week ban in um, stead. Um, he's very obviously very grateful about this and uh, points out uh, the mental and uh, financial cost has been significant. Um, to himself, etc. Uh, it's not really a, saying anything sorry about the incident itself in his, uh, uh, or at least he hasn't been quoted as saying that. The uh, his the opposition, um, or sorry, the head coach of uh, the side um, did think that, uh, uh, that said that he look he had touched the shoulder of the official whilst directing him towards something that was happening on the pitch. He did not believe it amounted to violent conduct. Um, whereas a second witness said there was 
um, a shove, not a shove to the ground, but clearly as day a shove. So I'll leave that up to you as to where you think whether that counts as being um, violent conduct or not. Um, clearly, uh, New Zealand football has decided, or the, their, their disciplinary commission has decided that it um, didn't. And that's your football news for today. I'm going to hand you back to Stephen, who um, is resplendent in front of those jerseys to bring us up, bring us the uh, birthdays today. Yeah, thanks again, uh, Paul. If I do, just before I get into birthdays, just behind me, you've got the North and Far jersey, the Otago jersey, and of course the North Harbour jersey. And just a, a reminder to anybody out there who's tuning into the show or watching to the show, if you're involved with a club, doesn't have to be a rugby club, a football club, any club indeed, Reach out to me, let me know, and I can pop you, pop your uh, particular club jersey or shirt up, and maybe even we can give a little bit of a brief about that particular club. But uh, our brief this morning is in and around birthdays, and uh, we go from a football goalkeeper to top-level rugby, from a middle-distance athlete to high-performance manager, and finally gold and silver medalists at the Commonwealth Games. Richard Patterson is a New Zealand weightlifter who competes in the 85 KG Division. Patterson competed at the 2010 Commonwealth Games in Delhi where he won the silver medal in the men's 85 KG weightlifting event. Four years later at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, he won the gold medal in the same event. He was New Zealand's flag bearer in the 2014 Commonwealth Games closing ceremony. Richard John Edward Richie Patterson born this, born this day the 30th of April 19. 83 in Auckland. Richard is 37 today. And moving on, Tony Rogers is a retired New Zealand middle distance runner who represented his country in the men's 1500 metres at the 1984 Summer Olympics, finishing in ninth place. He also competed at the 1982 Commonwealth Games and later became the high performance manager for Athletics New Zealand. Tony Rogers, born this day, the 30th of April 1957. In Huntley, Tony is 63 today. And finally, a player, a rugby player we all know too well. Ali Williams is a New Zealand rugby union player who played at Lock at provincial level. He played mainly with Auckland, though he spent one season with Tasman and was also loaned out to Nottingham in England's second level RFU Championship in 2010. At Super Rugby level, he played for both the Blues and the Crusaders. Williams played for New Zealand's national team between the All Blacks between 2002 and 2012. He was in the All Black squad for the 2003, 2007 and the 2011 Rugby World Cups. In 2005, New Zealand Rugby Almanac chose him as one of its five players of the year. Williams has spent has, has spent what were to be in the final two seasons of his career in France with Toulon, playing there from 2013 to 2015. He came out of retirement to play in the 2000 and two, 2016 and 2017 season for top French club Racing 92. Alexander James Ali Williams, born this day, the 30th of April 1981 in Auckland. Ali is... 39 today, but we won't talk about that last stint in France, um, especially his off-the-field issues. <laughs> That's it in the birthdays today. Hey, I'll see you all again tomorrow. I got to go. Thank you very much, Stephen. And yes, off you go. Go to uh, um, do some work and we'll move on to rugby news now. Uh, and don't forget, you can join the Hash Rugby Chat Show um, on 
at 8 p.m. every single Tuesday where we discuss the hot topics in rugby in more detail. Um, quickly, this morning, Tim Horan uh, has mentioned that uh, he believes um, a Pacific Island team should be included in a Super Rugby revamp, uh, suggesting that uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Pacific Islands, Japan should perform, should form their own domestic um, Super Rugby competition uh, and that Argentina and South Africa have their own one and then perhaps you have a champion of champions um, between the two sides. This is a concept that we've discussed many times on Hash Rugby Chat as being the proper structure of a conference-based um, style system. It's how NFL or the um, or the NBA over or, or, or even uh, Major League um, Baseball over in the USA works. Uh, and so it's no surprise that this idea has come up yet um, again. He also talks about potentially expanding into the USA at some point in the future as well, which, um, well, uh, clearly lessons around expansion haven't been learned. Uh, over in New Zealand, um, there is a Super Rugby review uh, going on at the moment, being run by um, Don uh, McKinnon, who is the head of uh, um, the Blues rugby franchise. Other people involved in this are the um, heads of the other four Super Rugby franchises, um, uh, Tony Carwood from the Chiefs, Ian Potter from the Hurricanes, Grant, um, Jared from the Crusaders, and Doug Harvey from the Highlanders, plus a private in investor representative, Liz Dawson, and the New Zealand um, rugby chair, Brett Impey, and obviously and also Mark Robinson as well. Clearly, no players and no provincial representation within there. Um, and uh, when you get uh, uh, Don saying something like that, um, that uh, the provinces shouldn't feel threatened by this, um, you've got to wonder what the kind of range this uh, uh, review is going to bring up. Clearly, they've already got a contract with Sky and with Sanzar as to how the structure should be. So it's amazing that we have so many um, uh, different uh, people suggesting change when there's already something in place. But we'll see what comes out of this one. But not only are they looking at Super Rugby, but they're also looking at how it fits in with the professional player pathways um, as well. Um, over in Wales, they are still preparing for as though they are going to be touring New Zealand in July, which um, is a bit of a, a surprise. Officially, it hasn't been called off uh, so far, so I guess that's why they're doing it. What they've also mentioned is that five players have had COVID-19 symptoms. Um, no one has got seriously ill. We're talking about temperatures and coughs, um, and they've all come out the other side. They haven't been named as to who they are, um, but luckily they are all uh, better now. Uh, but it does show that even if you are fit, uh, it's not a protection against catching this um, disease. Some of the feedback from the players is that if they had to play eight test matches in like 10 weeks, they would relish the opportunity at the moment. We've heard previously that that kind of toll on the body, players have been anti it from a player welfare point of view, but clearly the, um, uh, the, the, the lack of games, I think, has definitely changed people's opinions in from, from that point of view. Um, and also he says there is silver lining in that uh, players had a proper break and got over the various niggles, etc., um, which has been a good thing to come out of this. That's your rugby news. I'm going to hand you over now to Ashwin, who's going to bring us up to date on the cricket. Good morning, Paul, and good morning to everybody out there. And as mentioned earlier, more awards have been um, not 
given out by NZC New Zealand Cricket. Tom Latham has picked up the Redpath Cup for the best Black Caps batsman for the 2019-2020 season. Tom Latham breaks Williamson's and Taylor's stranglehold that they've had on the trophy for the last seven years. Latham scored 608 runs in nine tests this year, or the last season, at an average of 40.53. And he was named in the ICC World Test Team for 2019 as well. In the bowling ranks, Tim Southey picked up the Windsor Cup for te- best test bowler. First time Southey has won it since 2014. And it's ended a five-year sort of strangled hold on the bowling trophy from Trent Bolton and Neil Wagner. The, in the eight tests that Southey played, he picked up 40 wickets at 21.47 apiece. Domestically, Devin Conway has picked up more awards, or another award, <laughs> Conway picked up the second successive Men's Domestic Player of the Year. Plunkett Shield, he scored 701 runs at 87.55. Ford Trophy, he's averaged 55 runs at a strike rate of 99. And in the Super Smash, he scored 543 runs at an average of 67, strike rate of 145. He's the first player to pick up the award in all formats of the game in a single season. And you can understand why so many people can't wait to see him in a black jersey. I'll have more awards news and swinging from the hip, which will be on tonight at 8pm right here on New Zealand Sports Radio. In other news, the man at the centre of Shakib Al-Hassan's ban for two years from cricket has himself now been banned. Deepak Agarwal is an Indian businessman and he would not be allowed to be involved in any form of cricket, domestic or international, until 2022. Agawal lives in the Indian capital of Delhi and has been in the anti-corruptions list, unit list of corruptors, was charged as a participa- participant under the corruption codes. Now, this highlights how the ECB has to be careful about any advice that they take utilising Indian businessmen to prop up their The 100 League. Now, that's all our cricket news today. But as before I go, as I mentioned before, join Rohit, Taryn and myself swinging from the hips at 8 p.m. tonight. We will talk about the awards, a few more awards that got handed out this week in history, and then COVID issues like legalized ball tampering. So join us in the chat room, put us, give us your thoughts, and have a listen to what we have to say. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much, um, Ashwin. And in Olympic news um, the uh, IOC member John Coates has uh, come out and said that we don't need a vaccine to go ahead with the Olympics next year. Uh, now, that has been an opinion that's been going around the media circles quite a lot recently. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see um, what the where the official advice uh, comes down on. But he says that uh, the World Health Organization says they, they should continue to plan for the date and that it's not contingent on a vaccine. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many uh, athletes who have spent four, well, will now be five years training for this singular event will decide to uh, maybe pull out if there isn't a vaccine. Uh, we'll have to wait and see that uh, obviously a lot of people's livelihoods on the line um, with that one. Um, over in surfing and the World Surf League um, is looking at potentially having a, uh, a one-day event at the end of the season to crown the men's and women's champions of the season. Uh, this uh, is a little bit controversial because obviously you can, it's going to be obviously depend on waves, etc., uh, And also people just can get lucky on one day to and be then crowned the best person, even if they haven't won um, or most points or most events during the year. So 
it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Um, this is also obviously with uh, surfing. We'll have its opening uh, event at the um, Olympics next year. Oh, sorry, will be at its first Olympics next year. Um, and there's also going to be an Ultimate Surfer reality TV series on a major American network as well. So surfing um, at the world level, looking at increasing its profile uh, and uh, getting more uh, people interested in the sport. Over in uh, motorsports, and Audi has decided that it will withdraw from um, touring cars to put its effort into um, e-cars instead, in Formula E instead. Um, this is uh, obviously going to be a blow for touring cars, but obviously uh, um, Formula E is uh, probably the looking at um, the future of uh, well, of cars, isn't it? Is the electric vehicle instead of petrol? So it's going to be interesting um, to see where or, or, or how that um, progresses, or whether other uh, disciplines will start to change from being petrol driven to electric driven. Um, as well. That is your sports news and brought you up through all the important sports news um, for today. Don't forget at 2 p.m. today I have the long talk where we'll be uh, talking with an esports um, reporter and talking about the state of esports in New Zealand. As Ashley mentioned at 8 p.m. tonight we have Swinging from the Hip, our cricket show, um, and we have four other shows in development. So don't forget to like, subscribe, all of that kind of stuff on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, wherever you're watching. Or obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, um, then you can get that in all your top podcatchers as well. Join us again at 8am tomorrow morning for the morning sports briefing and stay safe and have a good day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.